0: Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Eram. Welcome. It's Crystal Eram here. We today are talking about, you know, one of the topics about men and money and specifically, you know, what rich or wealthy men are looking for and Who this is really being addressed to is for women who are high achieving themselves, who are high earners, who want to have a partner who make even more than they do. So this was a topic of discussion that came up in this group several weeks ago, and I didn't address it at the time just because I do have thoughts on it. And I, I don't know if you're going to like it. And so I was a little bit hesitant, but it came up again. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to just give it to you straight because That's what I do, right? Like I try not to hold back, try to tell you the truth because no one else really does. So there's like a couple of things I want to trust. I want to talk about, you know, why, as you know, a high-earning woman, it might feel like a a challenge. We're gonna talk about the qualities, traits, and characteristics that wealthy men are most commonly looking for. We're gonna talk about the things that, you know, wealthy men absolutely require in a partner. We're going to talk about the differences between men in their 40s versus men in their 20s and 30s. And this is going to be sort of applicable to all men, not just wealthy men. I mean, a lot of this is going to be applicable for all men. We're also going to talk about, you know, why you often see wealthy men who are older with women who are much, much younger. And it's not just that they're shallow. So this will be really interesting. Okay. So what we're talking about the first thing that we have to talk about is sort of, I'm going to just start with the question that originally came up or the concept that originally came up, which is, you know, I'm a high earning woman. I make, you know, a really good living and I require a man that earns more than I do. So the women who were having this conversation were multiple six figure and seven figure earners. Okay. So these are very, very successful women. Right. And they're saying, but to me, It's important that I have a man that still makes more than I do. And, you know, on one level, I'm like, okay, great. Love it. Everyone can have what they want. And also the other thing that I like to say is you have to look for, you know, attributes that exist here on planet earth with human men. You know, we have to look for qualities that coexist together. So it's really worth sort of exploring this and understanding what's going on here. I work with a lot of high achieving women. I work with women who earn multiple six figures, who earn seven figures, who earn multiple seven figures. So I know this. I've seen this very intimately. And here's what women often don't understand. Okay. For men that earn a lot of money, wealthy men, they are at the top of the pecking order in terms of who they're choosing as partners. Okay. Wealthy men, Every woman wants a wealthy man. Now, women put it in varying levels of importance. You know, for some women, that's their top requirement. They say I would never date someone who wasn't rich. You know, and for other women, it's just like, oh, that'd be nice, but also not a requirement. I care about all these other things first. But there's a lot, a lot of women who that is one of their top three, top four, top five things that they want. A lot of women, and women all across the spectrum, every age, every socioeconomic economic background, every body type, every level of physical appearance, women desire this. This is like one of the top things, right? We want men that are going to be great providers. And so how do we recognize if someone's going to be a great provider if he has financial resources, right? So a man who has a lot of money can choose any partner that he desires. Okay. So that's the first thing you have to understand. Men with money can pick anyone they want. Because for women, that is a very important trait. It's one of the things we want more than anything. Men do not desire that. Very few men are saying, oh, it's really important to me that I have a woman that makes a lot of money. The men who do pretty much never have money. Wealthy men, but also men in general, the thing that they most desire is someone that they are attracted to. They want a partner that they think is beautiful, that they love her energy. Okay, so here's the part that high achieving, successful women miss. Their wealth, their status, their success does not give them any sort of benefit when it comes to dating. So here's what I see is that women who are successful, who are high achieving, they feel like look at all I've accomplished. I'm so amazing. I deserve to have, you know, this type of guy. I deserve to have the CEO, you know, the entrepreneur, the doctor, the lawyer, like I deserve that. Look at what I've accomplished, but that's not how it works. You don't deserve it just because that's what you've achieved. That's what you've achieved, which is wonderful, but that does nothing for you in terms of dating. And I know that this is not fun to hear. Like what woman wants to hear this? You know, but then I know a lot of women take his own and they'll be like, Oh, well I just shouldn't have bothered working for everything I have. It's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's a negative thing. You have your own money now. That's awesome. Like (laughs) that's a great thing. Why wouldn't you be happy and excited about that? But you have to understand when it comes to dating, it's not putting you ahead of anybody else. It's not necessarily hurting you, but it's not putting you ahead. So This is like a big misconception. So I'm going to explain sort of how you approach this, but you have to understand that your wealth, your achievements, they're not giving you a heads up. So what this means is that you are on a level playing field with every other woman, which is, you know, as good or as bad as it is. Like, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just what it is. What I see with my clients, a lot of times is they feel like they're on a different level, you know? I'm looking for a man on my level. This is a refrain I hear so much. They think that they should have a man on their level. The men that you think are on your level, they're not on your level because they're looking at a totally different set of criteria. When you can understand that, it's going to give you such a leg up because I've worked with a lot of women who could not get their minds around it. And that was the thing that kept saying over and over again, I want a man on my level. You know, I've reached this level of success. I think it's only fair that I should have a man who's on my level. He doesn't think you're on his level. So that is the first and most important thing. So if you're a high achieving woman and you feel like, wow, it's really hard to find a man on my level. It's because they're not looking at you as on their level. They're looking in like a totally different way of dating. So that's the first thing that you have to understand. What men want in a partner, and this is for rich men. This is for poor men. This is for men. (laughs) Men want someone that they are attracted to. That they feel like is kind, sweet, and supportive, especially towards them. Someone who they feel like is on their team. And someone, this is the most important one, someone whose energy they love. They have to love the energy. So that's what they're looking for. You know, and then they have preferences. You know, some man might say, I really like women who are super smart. That to me is fun. I really like a woman who is ambitious, you know, in that matter, Sam. I really like a woman who's funny. I like a woman who, you know, has this kind of hair, this kind of body, whatever. Then they have their preferences. But those are the central things are going to be like, how attracted am I to this person? Now, this is always a little bit hard because every person has different preferences. There's different things that they find attractive. But one thing that you're almost always going to see with high achieving men, successful men, we're talking men making over 500K a year, over a million dollars a year, you know, with these high net worths. So especially when you're about multimillionaires and billionaires, I think that they are almost always going to want two things. Almost always someone who's slim, slim figure, and someone who's younger than he is. Now, am I saying that no wealthy man has ever been with a woman who wasn't slim? No, I'm not saying that, but it's rare. It's not something you're going to see. So If this is something that you strongly desire and you're like, I really want to be with a man who has money, like that's important to me, that would be the first thing that I work on. And I'm saying me, if I was determined to be with an extremely wealthy man, if I said, I'm not going to be with anyone who doesn't have a net worth of at least like, I don't know, 20 mil, 50 mil, 10 mil, whatever it is, my first order of business would be to lose probably 25 to 30 pounds like 15 kilo. And I'm not a big girl by most standards, but like, I'm not as slim as is preferred. And like I said, men at this level of wealth, they can pick anyone they want. So if I wanted to be competitive, if I wanted to be able to find a man like that, that would be the first thing. That's the simplest thing that I can change, like changing, have control over. I happen to like cupcakes and cookies. So like I don't see myself losing 30 pounds, but it can be done. And if that was something that was important to you, I would make that my first order of business because your money isn't what's going to do it for him. Okay. So yeah, there's some truth for you. So, you know, that would be, that would be like the first order of business, slim and younger than you. Now, the younger than him, the way this shows up is a couple of different ways. Obviously we see plenty of men who are in their forties and fifties who are with women who are like 22, 23. And I'm not talking about the guys who are like, Oh, I wouldn't date a woman over 29. No, that's like a certain subset where that's like the most important thing, but it does point to a more general theme that is true, which is that they often want a woman who's younger than they are. And When you get to men who are very, very wealthy, more often than not, that's going to be a woman within, you know, prime childbearing years, regardless of his age. So if he's 42, he's most likely going to go for a woman who's between 25 and 37, 38, 39. But if he's 50, that may still be the case. And if he's 60, that may still be the case. Not always, though. Sometimes we're talking about men who, you know, they've already had a couple of children. They've had a first wife or a second wife and third wife, and they're looking for a new partner. And they may be like, I don't really care about that. I know I'm not having kids anymore. And they are attracted to women in a larger age range. It's still likely to be a woman who's quite a bit younger than he is. So even if you're, let's say, 38, 39 the chances are that if you're going for a very wealthy man, he's going to be in his 50s. The chances of, you know, you being 40 and a 42-year-old multimillionaire going for you are low, even if you're slim, even if you're gorgeous, even if you have like this amazing energy that they love. It's possible. Obviously, it happens. It's not the norm. It's much more likely that you're going to be with a man who's a bit older than you because that tends to be a thing. Like what we're pointing to here though is something that kind of all men want in some way. I shouldn't say all men, but like most men. These are like themes. These are things that a lot of men want, but it's like these men with money, they have their pick. Why? Because they have a lot of power when it comes to their social lives. They have more power than anyone else so they can pick anyone else. A guy who's broke and ugly and doesn't have much charm isn't gonna be able to use all the preferences. He's gonna take what he can get much more. We also see this with guys who aren't rich, but who are particularly gorgeous and charming, right? Because they're also going to be sought after by women. They're going to be able to choose whoever they want. Is this making sense? So that's like the first thing you have to understand that your wealth and success aren't giving you a leg up. They don't have to be giving you a leg down per se, but they're not giving you a leg up. You're still on equal playing field with everyone else. Most of these men are going to go with women who are slim, And women who are younger than they are, you know, for some women, it's not a huge issue. Like when I was dating, I always liked men that were a lot older than me. You know, when I was like 20, when I was in my twenties, I would date men in their forties. I just didn't have a problem with it. It happens to be that I ended up marrying someone who was much closer to my age range than I anticipated. But I think I had like probably close to a 20 year age range, like a year or two younger than me and like 18, 19 years older than me, I would have been fine with it. Now, if you're disgusted by men that are older than you, that's fine. Don't be with someone who you are not attracted to. But you have to understand is that like, there's a lot of women who are willing to do anything to be with a rich man. Like they will spend their time and their energy, like focusing on getting all of the skills that they need to, to like get a rich guy. So if you think that like you, just because you have these great achievements are going to just like stumble across this person, the chances aren't so likely I think that's just the main thing you need to understand is that like your success does not give you a leg up. So let's talk about some of the differences between like the ages of men. So one of the things that's a little bit more challenging is once we get to men, well, it's not more challenging. It's worth understanding. There's a big distinction between a guy who's in his twenties or thirties versus a guy in his forties. So what you want to get about this there are stages of development of men. This is one of Alison Armstrong's theories that I really, really love and I think makes a lot of sense. I know for a lot of people, it's like hard for it to click into place because she doesn't give good examples. But I'm gonna give you some examples and you're gonna understand this. So Alison explains the stages of development of men and I'm not gonna go through all of them. I'm just gonna talk about middle princes and kings. So when men are you know, basically teenagers until their 20s, their nights, you know, their focus is on having fun. Once they reach their late 20s to early 30s, they move into a stage that she calls an early prince, which is when they're trying to figure out what direction they're going to go with their life. And then once they figure out what they're going to build, what direction they're going, they become a middle prince. So men become middle princes, let's say around 31, 32, 33, 34, 33. You know, so late twenties, early thirties, they're figuring out what they want to do, and then they start building. So these are the guys who you see who are like building their empires. They're really hustling. They're working very hard, and their primary focus is their work. Okay, so that stage when they're building their kingdom, they're trying to figure out, you know, what am I, what am I building, and like putting in the work to build it. That's the middle print stage, and that lasts about twelve years. So we're talking you know, around 32 to 45, okay? So this is a stage that lasts for a while. And there's two ways that men fall into this category. One type is they say, I'm building my kingdom and I think that I'm gonna build better if I have a woman alongside me. And so they need someone and they get married somewhere in their 30s. The other type is that they say, no, no, no. I'm focusing on my kingdom. Once my kingdom is built, I'll move the queen in. So these are the men who do not get married in their 30s. They get married once they're already kings, when they're like over 45 about. The difference between them is huge. A man who's a middle prince, he is going to obviously still choose someone that he's attracted to, someone whose energy he loves, but he's also going to really care about, you know, someone who's he feels like he can lean on, someone who he trusts, someone who's supportive. He's building this kingdom, right? So he's going to sometimes look to his woman to be like, you know, what do you think about this? Do you agree with, you know, do you agree with this? Like, he's going to want to feel like he has someone on his side. He's going to be much more open to a woman who is nurturing and loving towards him because he still wants that. He's going to need that to an extent. Okay. So that's going to be something that a man who's a middle prince is going to want. What's fun about being with a man at this stage is that you're there together building with him. Like, it's fun. It's cool. And it's inspiring to see a man who's working on his passion, who's working hard. And you can sort of look and know he's doing a lot of this for you. You know, he has a relationship to his own sense of what it means to be a man. And the fact that he has chosen you, that he's building alongside you, you're playing a big role at that. You know, he's seeing his role as a husband or as a partner as like part of his definition of what it means to be a man. So I just think that's a cool thing. He's going to recognize like the importance that you are playing in his life because you're doing it together. If you have children with a man who's at this stage, then this is the sort of situation where it's like, once he's been building, he'll be like, I wouldn't have been able to do it without her. I don't know how I survived before her. I couldn't have done any of this without her. You know, these are the men who are giving a lot of credit to the wives, which, especially for women who like one of their drives is for significance, it's really a powerful thing. It's a really special thing to sort of be acknowledged in that way, sort of hear, like, oh, he did notice. It's hard as you're going through it because his top priority is going to be work. And it's not about saying you're not important to him or he doesn't love you, he is compelled. Like I said, he has his own relationship to what it means to be a man, and he's compelled to work. He's compelled to build. This is really problematic if you don't believe in what he's building. You know, if he's doing something that you don't think is a worthwhile endeavor, it's going to be very hard to feel respect for him, which is something he's really going to need. You know, one of the examples that I think is really, really good for anyone who watches um, Million Dollar Listing New York And in my program, the School of Manifesting Love, in my course, we do a whole module where we like go deep into each of these stages. And I give a lot, a lot of examples. You can recognize it really clearly in the pitfalls and the benefits. So we go much more in depth there. But this is sort of like a taster. But Ryan Serhant from Million Dollar Listing New York is just like the best example of the middle prince because he is building this empire. He works very, very hard and He reached a point where he realized that it was, it would be better for him to get married. So he met a woman and he got married and it seems like he's a great husband, but he does work a lot. It's just, they're compelled. And so I think the most important thing to sort of recognize about men at that stage is that like, they need your support and they also need you to be like occupied with your own life because they can't help it. It's a compulsion and oof. Yeah, they need you to just be okay with it. You know, it can be very hard for women because we want to spend time with the man that we love, right? But he is compelled to build. And so he has to be with a woman who's okay with that because he's not going to be able to stop. You know, I think that's the other thing that women miss is we'll be like, well, if you loved me more, you would do this or you would do that. It's not about how much he loves you. It's about like his own relationship to being a man. And at that stage of his life, building his kingdom is the top. If he does not do the things that he's compelled to do, it's like he's betraying who he is. And men who betray who they are do not feel good about their woman. They start to resent you. They'll feel frustrated. They feel like they're being held back. So, don't do that. Now, what happens is a man builds and builds and builds. So, we're talking about around 12 years. So, he is like 45ish now. And they move into the next stage. I'm not going to explain the next stage. Like I said, I talk about that in my course, but they come out the other side a king. There's so much rhetoric, you know, online and especially in my niche of dating and relationships, people talking about king this and king that. And I'm like, you need to understand what a king actually means because it's not necessarily better. It can be wonderful in a lot of ways, but it's not necessarily better. Um, middle princes can be wonderful, and so if your man is a prince, like don't dump him for that. <laughs> like, appreciate him for what he is because there's all these wonderful things. Kings are a different beast. A king has finished building his kingdom and who he is is fully formed. So I'm going to give you an example of how this manifests in different ways. A middle prince is going to be like, what do you want? What can I do to make you happy? Like, what can I provide you? What do you want me to provide? That's what they want to do. They want to just provide whatever it is that you want. And so this will be great if you can get together with a man in that age, because it's like you have all this time to sort of show him what you want and he'll provide that for you. It's sort of like you got to customize him a little bit. <laughs> you can customize him more because you started out with a prince. There's some molding. There's, oh, my wife likes this. I'm going to do things in this way. She likes it like that. I'm going to do it like that. And it's like he starts to get these patterns put in place. The a king, you can't do that. He is fully formed. There's no molding him. There's no customization. Okay. So if you get a king who hasn't been married, who hasn't had someone else customize him, it can be a tough go because if there has not been any woman customizing him, this makes it sound weird. Like I don't think of men as objects at all, but it is worth understanding that like, if he is not If he hasn't been married before, if there hasn't been a woman like putting in the work, there could be a lot of roughness around the edges that may not go away. You may not be able to, you know, shave that down because he's a king, right? He's fully formed. That's sort of who he is. The difference with a king so it's like I was saying how, like a middle prince or an early prince or someone younger, he's going to say, What do you want? What do you want? What can I provide for you? How can I provide for you? How can I make you happy? A king says, This is what I'm providing. I hope you love it. (laughs) like, that's it. I hope you love it because that's what I'm providing. A king is not interested in providing other than what he already provides. So if what he desires to provide is different than what you desire to receive, it's not going to work. If what he wants to provide is exactly what you want to receive, it's going to be amazing. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's great because then it's like, He wants to give what you want to get, and everyone's happy. If it doesn't work out that way, though, it's going to be a real rough go. So this is very interesting. The way that middle princes want support, they want love, they're happy to have your insight on things. Kings don't want that. They've got their opinions. Like, if he has a decision to make, he's going to make it, and hopefully you're cool with it. Kings don't need nurturing. In the way that a prince does, they don't want it. He's like, I'm a king. What am I going to do with this? This is this is nothing for me. What kings require, what all men require, but what kings require more is appreciation. Kings want to be admired. They want appreciation. They want to hear, "Oh my gosh, you're so brilliant. You're so wonderful. How did you come up with that? You brilliant, amazing man." That's what they want. That's all they need at this point. They don't need the support. They've been supported. They're where they want to be. Okay, so when you think about this, it really makes sense. A lot of the, you know, stereotypical and sort of frustrating things that we see when it comes to relationships, you might not find this frustrating at all. Maybe you think it's great. Maybe you're 22 and you're happy to see lots of older, wealthy men with very young women. So a May-December relationship is when we see an older person with a younger person. It's almost always used in reference to a man and a woman because that is significantly more common. But now that we understand what older wealthy men are looking for, it really makes sense. They want someone younger than they are, someone who's slim, someone they are attracted to, and their primary drive is to be admired and appreciated. So... What you're going to get if you're a 45 year old man who's worked really hard and you get together with a 27 year old woman who, you know, maybe has never dated a guy who doesn't have roommates is you're going to get a lot of admiration, a lot of appreciation, a lot of respect, right? Like they are going to get that so much more with some young women. Now, knowing this is really positive because again, if this is something that you want, these are traits that you can also portray, but that often older women, women in their thirties, forties and up, they don't think about, they think, look how amazing I am. Look at what I've accomplished. Don't you see how incredible I am? How lucky you are to be with me. And he's all like, but what about me? Like, I want to hear that. I'm cool. I want to hear that. I'm great. Tell me how great I am. They're not doing that. And so you don't have to do that. If you don't feel like that's genuine, you don't want to do that, don't do that. But you're not going to be with that kind of man, right? Because his opinions are fully formed. He's not changing his mind. You know, what I hear from women all the time is they'll say, I want to be with a guy who earns more than me. You know, we'll be like a power couple. Like, that's really what I want. That's the vibe that I want. That's all well and good. But most of those guys don't want that. They want someone who's going to admire them, not someone who they feel like they are competing with in some way. When they get home from a long day at work, they want someone who's going to be loving towards them, who's going to make them feel good. He's going to be supportive. Now, all men want this to some extent, but it shows up very, very differently with men who are princes and with men who are knights. Okay. So if that's something that you want, you can be those things at any age. You can be 50 and you can still be the sort of woman that a king is going to absolutely want he will likely still be a bit older than you. And you're going to have to make sure that your appearance is a certain way. You want to be attractive. I mean, you should always be, want to be attractive. Like if you want to attract a man, you have to be attractive to men. That's pretty basic, no? So this is actually really interesting for anyone who watches, um, the real housewives of Beverly Hills. So Erica, one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills is married to my old boss. I used to work at a law firm called Girardi and keys and Tom Girardi is her husband And I worked there all through law school. And then like when I became a lawyer, so it was so funny to me when I saw that Erica had become a housewife because I knew who she was. So Erica, when she met Tom was a cocktail waitress. She is now a sort of pop star and the pop star sort of overstates it. She definitely has a big following She's very, very popular in some circles, but she sings. That's like what she wanted to be. She was in her, I want to say she was maybe in her 30s. She may have been in her late 20s, but Tom was definitely already probably in his 60s. And Tom's obviously, he's a lawyer, an extremely, extremely successful lawyer. I mean, he's one of the most successful plaintiff attorneys in L.A., in the country, probably. I mean, definitely in the country. He's, I mean, he's brilliant. He's brilliant and extremely successful, but it's like, he didn't care that she was a waitress. Like he met her at, you know, this place that he often went, still goes, you know, for lunch with associates and stuff. And she was working there. So it's like the guys who are far ahead of you financially, they don't care about what you're doing with work. Okay. That's the whole thing. You have to understand that. So if you want a man like that, you have to be attractive to men like that. You have to be someone that's going to be attractive to them. That's it. Like there's a certain aesthetic. It's something that is achievable by a lot of women. It's, you know, slim, a certain level of being polished, of being pretty, and then being in the right places. Like simple as that. (laughs) Simple as that. You have to be polished, you have to be attractive, you have to be slim, and you're going to be looking for someone who's quite a bit older than you. These are going to be men that are already kings, right? So what they're looking for is someone who's going to really admire them. The other thing to understand though, is that like men are often happy to be generous and giving towards the woman that they love. So if you're building something and he likes it and he agrees with it, then like, he's going to want to be supportive for you. He'll be happy to sort of give you money for it and, you know, be supportive in however he can, but he's not going to care to be with a woman who's like competing with him or someone who's so devoted to her career. She's not going to have the time and attention that he requires. I know that this is frustrating to hear ladies, but here's my thing about it. If you're successful and you're making a lot of money, then it's like focus on the essence of the relationship that you want. Not every couple has to have two people who are making millions of dollars. If you have a great business and you're making a lot of money, then why is it so important to you to have a man that makes more than you? Not saying you can't have it, but like what, what actually is important there? Like, why does that matter? You don't need someone to provide. You're already providing for yourself. So like you might be happier with someone who's supportive of you. Someone who just adores you and who wants to be around you and who you have fun with. I think it's, I mean, I just think it's another way of looking at it and, you know, considering what's actually going to make you happy. Now, I wouldn't say if you have a million dollar business, go with someone who's broke. Like you don't have to be anyone's sugar mama, but like if you're making a million dollars, why not be with a guy who just has a solid, stable career, you know, like, why not? You don't need someone who's broke, but you don't have to look for, we're we're talking about men who are making millions per year. It's already a small pool. The ones who aren't already married, it's limited more, you know, and obviously the work I talk about is usually manifesting, right? So I know that this is a little bit more like nuts and bolts and practical, and I don't believe in like limitations per se, but We do have to be realistic. It's like the example I always give when you say, I have to have someone who's incredibly charming. He has to be able to charm the pants off a tree, but I also need someone who's really sensitive and attuned to me. That doesn't exist in one person. Someone who's incredibly charming, he's so charming because he's spending a lot of time on his persona. His attention is going towards himself and how other people are perceiving him. So he is not going to have the time and the energy and attention to give that to you. That's not where his focus is, right? So it's the same sort of thing here. Having a man who earns more money makes you feel more feminine. I think. Well, that's a little silly. Why? It's not actually like it's not actually connected. It's only connected if you make it connected. If you say, "I'm feel masculine if I make more money than my man," but it's not like an inherent thing. Here's the other thing that I think women have to do is like you have to take out what anyone outside of the relationship might think what I see a lot with my clients, especially the millionaires and the multimillionaires is that there's sort of a lot of emphasis on like how the relationship is going to look. They have a certain persona, right? Especially the ones who have their own businesses where it's like, they're perceived a certain way around the people with the, by the people around them. And they want to sort of like maintain that image, that persona, you know, they feel like all of these women think that they're such a badass, And so they want to be with a certain type of guy who's going to like fit into that. But that's dumb. I mean, I shouldn't say that's dumb, but like, that's not what leads women to happiness in a relationship. It's just not. You want a relationship where you're going to be happy, where you're going to feel fulfilled. I mean, here's what I think about like a man who, being feminine and like a man who earns more than you. I always think about it like, if you're a high earning woman, then it's like, yeah, it would be nice to have a man who's able to provide, like, I think it's always nice when a man is able to sort of take care of your life, you know, for some women, they just don't want to be the primary breadwinner. And I get that. Like, I'm also like that. I don't want to be the primary breadwinner, but like, instead of making it, he has to make more than me. It's more just like, does he make enough that like he can provide for us and leave it at that. And then it's like, if you make more, or if there's extra because of what you bring in, it's just like, we have this extra money. Like once you're in a relationship, and I guess everyone runs their relationships differently, but like, there doesn't always have to be like such a division where it's like his money versus like my money. Well, that's not quite it. I mean, it's sort of like, just let your money be extra, you know, like don't make it that he has to make more than me per se. If you're a very high, like if you make a lot, if you don't make a lot and like you're struggling financially, I think it's a little bit of a different thing. I'm really talking about these men who are making like over a million a year. And it's just like it's a smallish pool already. So you have to be the creme de la creme because he can choose anyone. So it's not just like you have to be pretty enough. That's definitely part of it. The attraction is a huge, 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 huge thing because the most beautiful women in the world want those men. So If you don't keep up your appearance, if you don't put yourself together, you know, if you're really competing with men, he's going to pick someone who's, you know, beautiful and appreciative and slim. Like it's really kind of cut and dry. And I know this sounds kind of harsh and it's not meant to be discouraging. I'm not getting the sense that anyone's particularly discouraged. I mean, I hope not. Yeah. I mean, it's like they can pick anyone. So they have to have a reason to want you. And that's gonna come down to your energy and the way that you put yourself together. The bottom line is that your career and your success isn't giving you a leg up. And that's the thing that I think is most often overlooked by high achieving women. You can still have whoever you want, but understand you're on the playing field with every single other woman who would want a well-off successful guy. If you want to call in love this year, if you want my support, Sign up for a call with me. I mean, really, there's two ways of working with me. I have a higher level container for women who want to shift their identities, transform their whole lives. So, for women who really want to transform their whole lives, you're ready for massive transformation. You want to just shift in a big way. You want to call in that love, but you also just want to create everything you want for yourself, you know, sort of make all of your dreams come true. Then you should consider joining me for this higher level container. It is a six month program. It's a lot of coaching with me. This is for people who are just like ready for a full reality transformation. It is the most powerful container that I've created thus far. And it's going to just change your entire life. And I'm very, very excited to do it. So we're going to get clear on the entire reality that you want to create. And I'm going to work with you over six months to create it. So Obviously, you're going to call in the love that you want, but any other changes that you want to make in your life, in your business, with your health, we can do all of that as well. You know, we'll talk about men and money more. We'll talk about how you can manifest more money. We're going to go in on everything. So I'm very, very excited about this. Um, We'll be starting later in January, and it's a very small group. It is going to be limited because Everyone's getting a lot of coaching from me. So if you wanted to work with me at a higher level, you want to really, you know, get my eyes and feedback on your life, you know, all of the aspects, then this is for you. This is like the closest thing to having, you know, a personal coach. I will be personally coaching you. So that'll be really, really powerful. It's an investment of time, it's an investment of energy, and it's an investment of money. So it's not for everybody. I'm enrolling people just through by invitation only through calls. So if it's something that you're interested in, sign up for an engaged in a year call. We'll get clear on your vision. We'll uncover any obstacles that are in your way and we'll determine if it's the right thing for you. Okay. It's going to be a very powerful program for anyone who's ready to take that step. All right, my friends, that's all I have for you and I'll see you again soon. I am so grateful for all of my listeners. I love creating this content. I love this podcast. And there's nothing I want more than for more women to have happy, healthy, loving relationships with the man of their dreams. Now, I have a small favor to ask. If you have been listening and enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It helps so much. It is the only way that we are going to get this content into the hands and ears of the women that really want it and need it. So if you have been listening for a while and you're absolutely loving the podcast, leave us a rating and review. It means absolutely everything to us. Thanks so much and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast.